Now the time is quickly going, so I'm going to dive right into the Word of God. How many love God's Word? Amen. We've been in this series that we've called RE, and we've been looking at words beginning with the letters R-E to describe the work and power of Holy Spirit. We're actually at the last Sunday of the series, and um, this morning I want to look at the word relentless. Because if Holy Spirit does anything, He works in our lives and gives us a relentless spirit. He gives us a relentless sense of destiny upon our lives. So let me explain what that word relentless means. The term describes an attitude or a posture that is resolute. It it, it describes someone who is persistent. It, It describes someone that is unyielding. There's no going back. There's only going forward. It describes someone who is saying, I will never change from the posture that I'm in, in following and serving Jesus Christ. It is that we commit to a relentless pursuit of Jesus and God's will for our lives. And there's no going back. We say, God, we have given ourselves to you. And the only way that we can go is forward. We are pursuing you and your will. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are going to do your will on earth. It is that we are saying, my circumstances may change. I may be hit by many things that may shock me, that may take me by surprise, that may stun me for a while. But I'm committed to God and I'm committed to relentlessly going back to you and following hard after you. Even though I've been stunned, even though I've uh, I've slipped up, even though I've messed up, I am relentless in my attitude of faith to now pursue you. I want to talk to you about that this morning and I'm going to be very, very vulnerable with you and uh, talk to you of some things about my own life. You see, I I do that because I'm in this walk of faith with you. I I know that uh, pastors almost uh, uh, always get elevated and and, um, and they they put you up uh, on some stanchion or other and they put you up. I, I say, you know, whenever you put your pastor up high, it's only so you can get a better shot at him, you know. Um. But, but the thing is this, friends, we are, we are all the same. None of us are different. We're all in this walk of faith. I may function as a pastor, but the fact is I am just one of you. I am part of the family of God. I'm a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I want you to know that in being vulnerable with you this morning, the whole reason in doing that is that I can encourage you in your walk of faith. Uh, It is that I want to encourage you, as I encourage myself, in relentless determination that together we are going forward into our best days on earth. Say to the one next to you, the best days are yet to dawn. Tell them that. The best days are yet to dawn. Now, having said that to you, I have to tell you in being bluntly honest that this past year has been very difficult for Letty and, and for me here. 
Now, it's not that it's been difficult in our relationship. In fact, we're closer than we've ever been in our lives, in our love for one another. But the season of our lives has been and is very difficult. Uh, we have been, and in some measure, are facing stuff that we see no shortcut through. We are facing stuff that there's no fast way around. We just have no other options but to go through what we're going through. Uh, you know, we, we had a little place in, in the country of Wales where I'm from where, where it was that if you were going to get to that village, the only way was through the tunnel that went through the mountain. That was the only way in. If you were going to get there, you had to go through the tunnel. And how many know there are tunnels that we go through in life and the only way is to go through the tunnel. (laughs) The only way is to keep going. The only way is to press in and get through it. And, and so we've come to those stages in our lives before, and we may be in it right now, where we are saying there's no shortcut, there's no way around. The only option we have is to go through. And, uh, and so we dig in our heels and we lift up our heads to God. And, and now we lean heavily into God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we relentlessly, relentlessly push through our difficulties. Now, of course, not only has this stuff been difficult, but how many know we have a real enemy as well? Oh, 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 let me tell you, if you don't believe this, I've got to tell you, we do believe it here at Riverside, and and I believe it very much as a a pastor, that uh, I have a real enemy. His name is Satan. He hates me, but that's all right. I hate him. (laughs) And, And the fact is... The fact is that as we go through difficult times, it is at that moment that Satan tries to take advantage. It's at that moment when he tries to now put on the pressure. Uh, and, and he hates us. Uh, and by any means, he wants to take us out. I tell you, the main thing that Satan is after in your life is your faith. He wants you to now be in the place, not only that you will stop believing that, uh, in God, but that you will stop believing in yourself and you will stop believing that you're a child of God. He wants to get you to the place where you feel that you're on your own and you, you're going through stuff on your own, that God isn't with you and that you are a million miles away from God. And in fact, is God there anyway? He wants you getting your thoughts in those directions. He's after your faith. He wants to destroy your faith, but we have to stand up relentlessly and say, Satan, you're a liar and you're not having my faith. Now, even before I started in on this tough season that we've been going through, even before I knew it would be a tough season, one morning I was in prayer and I'd finished reading one book of the Bible and I was talking to the Lord and I was saying, where do you want me to read next? I I always read through a a whole book of the Bible. Uh, I I don't just skip around. And so I asked God, where do you want me to start reading? And as clearly as I hear your voice, if you were speaking to me, I heard the voice of God say to me, I want you to go to the book of Joshua. Now that's an Old Testament book. And uh, I want to read you some of the verses that are found in chapter 1 of the book of Joshua. This is right at the beginning of what I found was going to be a tough season. God prepared me 
And um, he prepared me to be relentless and to say there's no going back. And I'm not giving up my faith. (laughs) All we can do is go through with God. Listen, Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I will give them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great, great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. A great scripture. The first thing I want you to notice here, of course, is that Joshua and the children of Israel were now at a major moment of change. God was saying to them, the past is dead and gone. Moses, my servant, is dead. He says, the past is dead and gone. You see, Moses represented a past that was very up and down for the children of Israel, Moses had led the children of Israel out of an existence where they had been slaves in Egypt. They woke up every day to either go to work or a whiplash. And the fact was that they were slaves to the people of Egypt. But miraculously, God set them free from Egypt using Moses to lead them. And they left Egypt. But once they left Egypt, all they experienced was a desert place. And the Bible says that they went round and round and round in the desert for 40 years. Was it all bad? No, it wasn't all bad. There were wonderful miracles and stories of wonderful provision. But right now, as we pick up the story in Joshua, Moses is now dead, the past is dead, and now was a moment of change. Now, in reading that, I want to invite you this morning to a moment of change with me. I want you to be invited this morning to a relentless attitude change, where our attitude concerning stuff changes. I want to invite you to a place of relentlessly pursuing Jesus and the will of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to a place where we will be relentlessly determined that nothing is going to stop us walking with Jesus wherever he may lead. That you will make a decision to relentlessly follow him wherever that may be, whether it be in your individual lives, whether it be in your family lives, whether it be in your work life, whether it be in your church life together, whether it be in the changes of the culture that we are living in. The leaders of our nation may change the laws of our land to not now represent the never-changing Word of God, but we will relentlessly follow the never-changing Word of God. (laughs) They may change the laws of the land so it doesn't now represent this book that we call the Holy Word of God, 
But I want to tell you, they may change the laws, but we will make a commitment that says we are not turning away from this book in any way, in any direction. We are committed to the Word of God. I want you to be invited to a place of relentlessly pursuing God and His will. Never mind what disappointments will come, and they will come. That you will relentlessly pursue the will of God, even though tragedy may come into your life, and the potential of that is there. That you will relentlessly follow God and His will for your life by the power of the Holy Spirit, even though persecution may come. That whatever may come, that by the power of Holy Spirit, we are going to relentlessly follow Jesus. I want to invite you to join me to a place where we relentlessly follow Jesus and not allow unforgiveness, doubt, and fear to stop us in our onward tread of following him. We will forgive whoever hurts us as soon as they've hurt us. It may take us a while to recover from the shock of the hurt, but as soon as we are hurt, we are determined to forgive. Because if I don't forgive you, I'm not going to get forgiven. (laughs) I am going to forgive. In a time of doubt, we will commit ourselves to the one who tells us to trust him in the darkest night. That even when we can't see our way ahead, we are putting our trust in the name of the living God. That it is in a time of fear, we will cling to him who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you and I'm going to be with you through this. I am with you. So I'm inviting you this morning to join me as we journey to a new place. A new place of relentlessly pursuing personal spiritual growth. So as for me... Um, after 52 years to the day of following Jesus, and after 45 years of being a pastor, and, and, uh, and, and drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, and now knowing that calling that is coming by the Holy Spirit to a new place of relentlessly pursuing personal spiritual growth, You see, friends, I don't feel that I've made it after 52 years of following Jesus and 45 years of being a pastor. I don't feel I've made it. I I don't feel that I'm now educated with no no more learning to do. I, I don't feel that I can't learn from someone younger or someone older. I've not reached that place where someone younger and older can't teach me something. I am at the place of telling you this morning, I don't feel that I have finished my race. I don't feel the race is over. I don't feel the job is done. I don't feel the vision is accomplished. I don't feel in any way that I have made it. See, the moment that we get to a place of spiritual arrogance, where we feel superior and beyond learning and not willing to submit to one another in love, then we're sidetracking our spiritual growth. We're putting on hold our forward movement in knowing more of God. 
when we get to the place that we feel we know everything, that we've got all the revelation, that we've got all the knowledge, that, that we've made it and that we can't grow anymore. You're in a place of spiritual arrogance and your spiritual walk is stunted. It's stopped. You're not moving forward. And the fact is that every one of us has got growing to do. And so we have this place, this fresh place, this fresh challenge to relentlessly follow God's will by the power of the Holy Spirit and to grow spiritually and to move forward in the will of God for our lives. A fresh day of pursuing God's will for your individual life, relentlessly following God in the new tomorrows that he has for us. Moses, my servant, is dead. Turn to the one behind you and say, the past is dead, let's move on. Just tell them that, will you? The past is dead, let's move on. Now, as you read the book of Joshua, you find that it falls into three distinct moments or movements. There is the crossing of the Jordan River. Then there is the conquest of Jericho. And then there's the possession of the land of Canaan, which was to be their new home. These three movements, these three moments in time uh, are now given to Joshua and, and, and now are going to be entrenched in their history as distinct lessons of relentlessly following God by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, in the crossing of the Jordan River, now God calls Joshua and his people to a brand new level of faith. And that's the first thing that I feel God is calling us to. He's calling us to a brand new level of faith. Now, it's brand new in the point of fact that only two people were still alive who could remember the crossing of the Red Sea You remember when they came out of Egypt, Moses led them. They came to the Red Sea. There was an army coming after them. And Moses was told to stretch out his rod over the the sea. And the sea opened up and four million people went through on dry land. And a miracle happened, not only in the sense that they got through there, but as the enemy, the the army that was coming after them, uh, went to go down through that same valley through the sea, they were washed away by that very sea. God dealt with their enemies at that very moment in time. But there are only two people who are alive now when Joshua's writing this, where it is that now only two people are alive that remember the Red Sea. It was Joshua and another guy called Caleb. And they had stood true to God, but all their generation had died. It was a brand new generation who had never seen the Red Sea open. And now now God says, says to Joshua... I want you to cross the River Jordan. The River Jordan was in flood stage. The River Jordan was dangerous. The River Jordan was now at a state where, where, where it would be impossible in the natural for them to get through and to cross that river. But they were being called to a new level of faith. It says in verse 2, verse two Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and this people, to the land which I am giving to them. 
And so this was what was to happen. The priests, the priests had to get hold of the Ark of the Covenant, which was a visible sign of the presence of God with them. And they would put the Ark on their shoulders and they were told to go and stand in the river Jordan, which I remind you was at flood stage, was very dangerous. But they were told, go and stand with the Ark of the Covenant in the river Jordan. And so it was going to take a huge new level of faith for them to do that. They did not know at that moment when they had the command that the waters were going to open up for them. But they went in faith. It was now a new level of faith that was coming to them. And they knew they had to obey to the letter, the the word of God that came to them, telling them to stand in the river. You see, for us today, God wants us to stand And to say, wherever you lead, we will relentlessly follow you. It may look dangerously impossible. It it, it may be that now, as I look at it, uh, it is that that my future is is flooded with doubts and fears. As I look to the future, it means uh, you, you, you look and you see that your future is obscure and you can't see the way ahead. It is that now it's looking a little scary out there. It is out there in your, your days that are to come after today. As you look ahead, it is that you're saying it's a scary future that I've got. But in relentless faith... You stand up and you say, God, I'm going to follow wherever you lead me. You're the one that's going to make a way where there is nowhere. You're the one that's going to open doors that are shut. You're the one that's going to drive back enemies that stand in our way. God, we're putting our trust in you. We're putting our faith in you. We are saying, God, our faith is in you. We are relentless in our faith. Miracle happened. The waters were stopped upstream as the priests put their feet into the waters. Suddenly, the waters were stopped upstream, and now they were made a clear way through, and they walked through on dry land. Now, I feel God has told me to tell you that God is ready to do a miracle for you and for us if we remain relentless in our faith. That God has led us this far and he's determined to lead us into a fresh tomorrow. And so it was that they went through on dry land. Their faith, which had been tested, was now brought to a place of great victory. They went through on dry land and they crossed over into the new land. Only to find that now their faith would be tested Because the first thing that they met was the walled city of Jericho. (laughs) Oh, there were numbers of other cities too that they went by. But when they came to Jericho, Jericho had, had had a wall around it that was as wide as it was high. All right, I want you to say that. As as it was. That's some wall. It was a massive obstacle to their future. And now here is the second moment of learning that they found. They were instructed to circle their obstructions with praise. Oh yeah, yeah, so so now the wall is in front of them. The enemy is in front of them. They can't move forward. But God speaks to them and he says, what I want you to do, I want you to walk silently around this wall 
every day for six days. And they were going to, and, and they obeyed God and they walked around silently. You know why they did it? It is because they worshiped God and they wanted to do anything that God wanted them to do. And if He said, walk around a wall six days, walk around a wall six days, they will. Because they worshiped God. They were saying, you are number one in our lives. There is no one like you. You are the greatest. And we are going to follow wherever you lead us, even if it seems strange to us, even if it is that we're just walking around our difficulties and walking around our circumstances and walking around all these obstructions that are in our way, if you tell us to do it, that's what we're going to do. And then he said, on the seventh day, I want you to start praising me. I want you to shout. I want you to dance. I want you to blow trumpets. I want you to make a noise. They were to circle the obstacle in praise. I cannot overemphasize to you how important the place of praise and worship is in our lives. Not only because it puts God on the throne, but listen, listen to me carefully. Praise and worship, friends, actually scares the devil to death. Oh, yeah, no, no, let me get it. Get, listen, listen. <laughs> When you, in the midst of all your circumstance and all your troubles and all your difficulties, make the decision, I'm going to worship God. Nothing's going to stop me worshiping God. I am relentless in worshiping God. I want to tell you, it is saying to the enemy, devil, you can do your worst against me, but in the end, you're a loser. You're going to lose. You're, you're not going to win. He, God is going to have the victory in my life. I am putting him first. And the devil runs scared. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, you're looking at me as if, I don't know about that. Hey, listen, the devil runs scared of people who are worshiping God and praising their Savior. Imagine for me for a moment again, the walls were as why? As they were, say it again, you, uh, you're getting short memories here, the time's going. They were as, as they were, okay. Stop now because I, I, I don't want you to talk. Right now. All right. But listen, if you got walls as wide as they were high, if those walls fall over, You've still got the same obstacle in your way. It may be rubble, but the walls were as wide as they were high. If they fall over, the obstacle's still there. But see, here's the miracle that has been found out by excavation and archaeology. The fact is this, that those walls, by a miracle of God, they didn't fall over. Listen, you won't believe this. They went straight down into the ground. They went down like an elevator into the ground. Oh, I mean, it says they went straight in. So Joshua and the people, they just went straight in because those walls, as wide as they were high, didn't just fall over. They went straight down into the ground. And now the children of Israel just walked in. Uh, they uh, just walked over. They went in. Listen, friends, uh, 
when you begin to worship God and magnify God and, and, and circle your obstacles in praise, you are going to have miraculous answers to your prayers. You're going to see God do what you can't do, open a way where you can't open a way. He's going to miraculously do it for you. So we're relentless in surrounding our problems with praise. So let's review what I've said so far. They stood with relentless faith. You're not having my faith, Satan. They relentlessly surrounded their obstacles with praise. And then this, they relentlessly possessed their allotted land. Now I use the word allotted very, very carefully. Because the fact is that God had this plan of a land that they were to possess. He says in verse 3 through 4, Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down the sun shall be your territory. In other words, these are the boundaries of your land. He says, I've, I've set the boundaries of your land. Once they crossed the Jordan, they've now gone past Jericho by mighty, miraculous things. They were now to possess the new land that God had given them. He gave them these precise boundaries to the land. You know, I want to encourage you to read the book of Joshua. Um, uh, but, but I have to do that with a little bit of a warning. It's a very exciting book to read. Uh, it, it's a great book to read, but... When you get to chapter 13 and through to chapter 21, the reading gets tedious. Uh, in, in fact, I would recommend that if you want some reading that will help you go to sleep, read Joshua chapter 13 through 21 before you go to sleep. It will help you go to sleep. Uh, because I tell you all that, that those chapters are about. You see, God not only told Joshua, these are the boundaries of your land, then God, listen, God began to say, and I want that family there, 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 and I want that family there. Because listen, he's not only got a, a plan for all the people that are in this room this morning, he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for your life, your individual life. He's got a plan for. He says, I've got a plan for your life. See, the fact was that God was wanting each of these people to know that after years of owning nothing and after years of working on the hard soil of Egypt under hard taskmasters there, they were now free. <laughs> and the fact was that every family was given their own plot, their own allotment, their own land to possess and work for their own inheritance. There's something wonderful, friends, about the fact that God has a plan for this church, but he has a plan for my life. He has a plan for everyone that's around you, but he has a plan for your life. You can believe it or believe it not, but Jesus, he not only has set us free from the slavery of Satan and sin, he's not only the God who causes us to surround our obstacles with praise, he wants to, us now to relentlessly relentlessly pursue his individual plan for our lives so that we're not making the decisions for our lives. We are allowing him to make the decisions for our lives. How many know that his ways are best? 
They may not be the easiest, but they are the best. And so this morning, I want you to join me in a relentless pursuit of wanting to move into God's plan for our lives and for this church. Because he has precise plans for our future. He has precise plans for your family. He has precise plans for your education. He has precise plans for your work or your career that you go into. He has precise plans about the church that you attend. Precise plans of where you serve in that church. Because how many know you don't just attend church. You find the place where God wants you to serve. About six of you said amen. Amen. You find the place where he wants you to serve. He just doesn't put you in a church just to fill a pew on a Sunday morning. He says, no, I've got a plan for you. you I'm putting you here because I've got a plan for you that only you can do. I've, I've got a purposeful plan for you. Now, I've got to go because the time's going. When we came into this city, we were sent here by God. We were a church with a mission. We exist for others to know Jesus. And we've relentlessly pursued that vision of changing the atmosphere of this city and seeing things get better. You know, I got a letter. I've got to read this to you. Uh, This is from the um, Peoria County Board. All right, the Peoria County Board. It's addressed to Pastor John King, Pastor Andy King, Riverside Community Church. It says, Dear Pastors, County Board Vice Chairman Stephen Morris and I want to recognize the extraordinary impact Mission Peoria had on the local community last week. As a result of dedicated, hard-working youths, the media indicated that there were more than 250 young volunteers that did massive cleanup in Peoria and Tazewell County neighborhoods. What a demonstration of outstanding stewardship and unity Please know that it is gratifying to hear about programs such as this one with a mission to teach the young generation the benefit of serving others. The participants of Mission Peoria are role models and the Peoria community should be proud of them. Again, congratulations on a job well done. Hopefully this note can be shared with the students. Well done. But hear me, the job's not done yet. We're not finished yet. We have to commit and recommit to relentlessly knowing God's will for this city. There's one other area that you've got to relentlessly commit to if you're going to know God's will. And I'll finish with this and we're up to... uh, You know, you know... I have an enemy, he hates me, and he gets in that clock every Sunday morning. But listen, I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. If you're going to know the will of God for your life, if you're going to relentlessly follow God's will, you've got to make one more real commitment. It's a relentless commitment to God's word. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen. I haven't got time to read it, but read Joshua 1, verses 7 through 8 again sometimes. And what it says there is that Moses 
Joshua, you have got to get a grip on the law of God and you've got to read it day and night and you've got to get it engraved into your heart and you're not to turn from it to the left hand or the right hand because when you commit to the word of God, he says you will have good success. You will have good success and your way will be prosperous when you commit to the word of God. Listen, we're living in a day and age where this book is being downtrodden. We're living in a day and age when we are told that we don't need to hold this up as the only true and living Word of God. We've been told that it's just another religious book that we don't need to follow letter by letter and word by word. We've been told that we are to now bend the Word of God so that it fits the culture. So that now what the culture says, the Word of God has to bend to. I'm here to tell you this morning, the Word of God bends to nothing and no one. It stands to be the living, true Word of the living God. We don't bend the Word of God. We're living in a day and age when even Christians say that you don't have to follow this book to the letter. Now we begin to water down the Word of God. God help us. Now, friends, what I'm calling to you to this morning is not easy. Living by the Word of God is not going to be easy. It will challenge every viewpoint that you may have and that the culture will try to put into your mind. You will read difficult, challenging chapters in this book that will cause you to look at your life in in a new way. It will challenge your lifestyle choices. It will challenge your attitude choices. It will challenge your marriage choices. It will challenge your family life and your child rearing choices. It will challenge your financial choices. It will challenge your work and your career choices. Because now you want to live by the book and you want to live by the will of God and the word of God. But I want to tell you that the Bible is very clear that if we commit to this book, then our ways will be prosperous and we will have a good success. How many want that? How many say, I want my way to be prosperous and I want a good success. So we're committing this morning. I'm going to go through these four points very quickly. And and, and if you say... I've been challenged. I need to stand for that one. And, and I want you to get up as I, I say the one that you feel. I've got to commit to that. I've got to be relentless about that. So the first thing that we said was that we had to come to a place of relentless faith. Devil, you're not having my faith. My faith in God, my faith in myself, my faith in the call of God on my life. Devil, you're not having my faith. And you stand and you say, you're not having my faith. And then we said that we have to relentlessly surround our obstacles with praise. Some of you are going through major stuff right now and you say, oh God, it's hard, but I'm going to relentlessly surround my difficulties, my problems. I'm going to relentlessly surround them with praise. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to keep you honored in the right place. You will be first in my life. 
I will follow you for the rest of my days. There's no going back. And then there is this commitment that says, not my will, your will be done. God, I'm relentless in pursuing the allotment of my life, your plan, your plan, your direction for my life, where you want me to be, what you want me to do, what you want me to say. God, I am relentlessly going to give myself over to your will, not my will. I want to know your will. I want to know your allotment for my life. God, I surrender to you. And then there's this commitment to the word of God that says, never mind what the culture does, never mind what government does, never mind what people say. On the book I stand. On this book I stand. There's no going back. We believe in the eternal word of the living God. There's no going back. Now it's good to see so many of you standing. We're going to sing a song that I've asked them to sing to close out here today. And I want you to sing it to God, if you will. Get your mind on Jesus as we sing this song. Now the blessing of God who rescued you from the grip of Satan. The blessing of God who delivered you from the slave masters of the Egypts of your past. The God who brought you into a new land. The God that says, I have a land that's flowing with good stuff. The God that says, I have an allotted place. The God who says, I have a plan for you as an individual and as a family. May that God, the God who sent Jesus to die in your place and sent Holy Spirit to empower you, now go with you into your futures. Be relentless in your faith. Surround your your difficulties with praise. Cause you to possess the land of promise for you and keep you relentlessly committed to God's word. I ask it in the name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God be with you. God bless you.